When it comes to commercial snow removal, look to Tovar Snow Professionals. With the largest snow and ice management fleet in the Midwest, Tovar delivers top-notch commercial sidewalk and parking lot clearing services, even in winter's worst weather conditions. With their 24-hour live office staff, certified meteorologists, and personal service, they are leaders in professional snow removal. To get a free estimate for snow removal on your site, go to baseball.tovarsnow.com or call 844-GO-TOVAR. That number again is 844-GO-TOVAR. Tovar Snow Professionals, Chicago's snow plowing Leader. Tovar is an equal opportunity employer. All week long, pal. All spring long. <laughs> Marty, you're down there. Uh, you ready to rock and roll? You are a virgin. Let's let everybody know. Oh, you're not a virgin. You were at the old Ho Ho Camp Park back about 15 years ago. Wait, correct? Marty's a virgin? Yeah, two Reborn. Years. Yeah, it wasn't the Sloan Stadium, so this is my first Sloan Stadium. And you're getting escorted in class by one of the greatest tailgate minds of all time. Oh, my goodness. I can't wait, man. This is going to be in Larry's. <laughs> All right, but guys, we'll talk to you later. All right. We're, I'm in the process of uh, getting Marty a couple more beers and a girlfriend, so uh, we're working on that. <laughs> Good luck with that. Take care, guys. We're Cubs fans helping Cubs fans at Stewart's Cubs Cave Parties. Everybody's in full giving back. And the Club 400 podcast is on the air. On the air, on the air, on the air. Hey, man, I don't know about you, but did you just see so many awesome pictures in the last week, William, about all, all these Club Club 400 evaded Mesa, it's Arizona. Crazy. And yeah. you weren't even down there. I know. I the felt, leader of the band, not even there. That's great. I'll tell you what, I wish. I wish I was down there. I, I really wish do. I was there, it looked too. like a blast. I was living vicariously through the photos and the videos. I got a few late-night calls. Yeah, so did I. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but now it's time. Uh, well, we're, a couple, a couple new, new people are moving in. We got the Flanagans headed down the first time ever to Mesa, nice. Arizona. And our rookie, our rookie. We got major rookies. Marty, the Salsa King of Chicago, is he going is down there. He's going down there. He's wow. actually my roommate. Oh, boy. Well, me, Lisa, and Lauren's roommate, and okay. JP's. We're sitting at JP's house, and Marty's getting the other room. Marty's he's, already down there. Right Marty's now. getting the second room then, so he's not in the same room with you and Lauren. Oh, no. no me, okay, it's me, that. Lisa, and Lauren. Anyways, I know, I know uh, how that goes. <laughs> I want to start out real quick. We got a big show tonight. We got two guests. We have. Uh, Tim Sheridan, the PA announcer of Sloan him. Park. He's the greatest. And we have Mike Berry. Mike Berry. He is the uh, founder of Steve's Dream. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But right now, we got to push some stuff. Tickets are kind of moving. What's, what's another word for slow but not slow? Like briskly? No, Tick- briskly makes it seem like it's fast. Well, okay, it's so not briskly it's, then. Uh, like at a snail's pace. Well, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Slow. Justin Steele. He's, really? I mean, he's one of your starters. Every fifth day, you're going to be watching that guy yeah, pitch. I think he's the number three starter. It's April 6th. 
on a Thursday from 6 till 9 p.m. There's autographs, there's photos, there's a Q&A, there's food, there's Club think, 400 Lager. Do you think because we're sneaking up on opening day, people are just a little slow to the draw? Well, you know, here's one thing. A lot of people are in Mesa. Were, they're all yeah. in Mesa, so they're just coming home, hopefully with some money. Hey, the show must go on. We're going to do it with or without you. Stop, right? by, the, stop by the, uh, what's the name of the casino? The Gala or Gala something down there in Arizona? Which one? There's the, a bunch of them. Uh, the one, the main one, where the arena's at. Uh, that's in, I don't know. I don't remember. The anyway, other. stop by the casino on your way home, put 100 on red, and then buy a ticket. 130 bucks. That's a 125 plus $5 service fee. Plus so you'll have 70 bucks to buy some merch. You can do the best. It's 130 and uh 100 bucks. Come $100 on out, man. Bet, get you 200 uh, Get some merch. Secret? It's Good Friday the next day. A lot of us are going to go to the game. So it's a doubleheader, man. It's Thursday night at Club 400. Shh, it's doubleheader. Friday. Do you need an Uber ride? <laughs> no. Okay. I might I might ride back with Justin. Really? Head back to the condo. There you go. That would be the plan. Nice. Be ready to rock and roll. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> also, ticket sales moving kind of slow, too, for Minnesota. Are what we is, going to Minnesota or what? What William? is going on, people? I mean, oh, I know what going. is going on. I, maybe um, inflation? I don't know. People don't have money nowadays, and I, I get it. It's hard. Like, I mean, maybe especially, we need, and we're competing against all these concerts and all these. I mean, this but is we have the best charity, Cubs fans, helping now. Cubs fans. Let's go out and whore ourselves. Make a few extra bucks. Whatever it takes. Go make some money. Money, money, money. Buy some tickets. I mean, come on. I, I always said that for the Minnesota trip, which is, by the way, May 12th through the 14th, we're leaving Friday morning. We're coming home Sunday evening. Going to catch two games, Friday night in the bleachers, Saturday right behind the Cubs dugout. We're going to have a three-hour tailgate party, and our guy Joe Kilgallen will be there. Joey K. And uh, he's going to do a show for us. He's going to drop the mic in Minneapolis. If, I mean, if we first of all, like, if for some reason the Minnesota trip doesn't move, like the bus never goes anywhere because we didn't have enough people sign up for it, we're still going, William. Oh, we're gone. All right. Oh, I mean, you know what? On. I mean, if, let's put and it this Joe's way: if, if you want to keep me and William out of jail, make sure this bus trip goes. By the way, if we're going, we're bringing <laughs> Joe too. He's going to do a show for the two of us. Yeah, exactly. Joe will have to it. crash with us. He'll do a one-hour yeah. show. Uh, by the way, he just did one in Arizona. <laughs> he I heard a whole bunch he of couple hundred people he came. He can do one in my brother's basement. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Party of four. <laughs> so uh, sign up for that. All right, on, that's people. Help us out. How pathetic would that be? William, our next podcast, right? Yes. Where, where's it going to be? You tell me. Club Run Chicago. Oh, right. Oh, my oh, live. Well, we have that other one, too, we have to drop. Well, we are going to drop a Christopher Morrell. I don't know. Why didn't you release that? Because so, we that talked has got about, dust on it, man. We talked about waiting until close to the season. Get everybody excited. Okay, so we're going to drop this one. And then we'll drop to Morrell. And then our next one after that will we'll be, be live. April, what, oh, March, March 29th. March 29th, opening day. We'll do do uh, we know when we're doing that? We got to do that early, right? Oh, we're going to do it the night before. The night before, Wednesday night. Yeah, okay. We're going to do it Wednesday night. And then Thursday's opening day. We are making, I, I'm making this announcement now. No, 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 no. We're not having a condo party that day. I want to enjoy opening day, too. I don't want to be a host of nothing. Right. I hear you. So, the well, if you want to come over between 8 and 9, I might have a starter drink for you. Okay. But uh, we plan on going to output, obviously. And uh, 
Bleacher Bum Band is playing Beecher Bleacher Bum Band. They're playing post game there. But we're going to do some giveaways. We're going to have Club 400 Lager. I already called Eddie Gutierrez. I said, Eddie, make sure you got the Club 400 Lager there. Don't let me down, buddy. And some chicken. And I'm going to bring over a bunch of Club 400 people, and we're going to have a blast. And maybe me and Mike. Is that before or after the game? That's going to be before. We'll be before, and then uh, after we'll let Danny do his thing. Nice. They're ready to play, man. They haven't played in a while. That place is going to be jacked up. Output opening day. Eddie Gutierrez, best chicken wings in Chicago, man. Against the Milwaukee, the beloved Milwaukee Brewers from Wrigley North. They're coming down from Wrigley North. Totally. I can't wait, man. It's going to be great. It's hard uh, to well, believe it. William, you already put your days off in, right? Oh, I'm, Williams, I'm off. So, Williams, oh, and I'm going to announce this for anybody who feels, uh, you know, frisky. <laughs> you got to be really frisky. <laughs> be, so, Thursday opening day, well, Friday's an off day, right? So Yeah, but when I was taking time off. Yeah. What, am I going to just take Thursday? No, because no, Friday would be a mess. Yeah, I mean, we're going to probably party into the night. Probably. Yeah. So Friday, the Iowa Cubs opening day is what? happening. Yes. And Des Moines? Des Moines, yes. We're going to Des Moines? I think we're all... Marty is driving a bunch of salsa down there. For you guys, Just I'm breaking news right here on this podcast, right? And I called them to make sure I could break this news, but Marty so is now sponsoring the Iowa Cubs. What? He's one of the sponsors. Oh my! Salsa God. King of Chicago is going to be the logo will be behind the batter for the first inning every home game wow. at beautiful. What's the ballpark name again? I can't remember. Uh, man, I want to say Principal Park. Carly would be mad at me. But. I think it is. I think that's right. But I'll, I'll Google it here. All right. Anyways, uh, so it's pretty awesome. So we're bringing salsa down there. We're probably going to hook up with some friends. If we friends. only knew people that were affiliated with the team, like, I don't know, like a hitting coach. Yeah, like one of the top Cubs prospects. Perhaps, yeah. He might be down there. And who else, Who knows what else? But oh, opening back-to-back opening days. I love it, William. I love it. It's never been done before. Back-to-back opening days. No. Um... We got a, we got a big show, so we're gonna we're not too much banter tonight, but um, we we lost a good one today, William. We lost a good one. We did. Um, Joe Pepitone passed away, and um, you know he was a Club 400 alum. That's our third alumni that passed away. Bill Buckner being the first, Dwight Smith being second, and Joe Pepitone being the third. And you know I met Joe Pepitone at Randy Hunley's fantasy camp, and he was. Uh, he light up a room whenever he was in it. We just posted the podcast we did live from Club 400 that night. And for those of you that are lazy, we'll throw a little clip in here for... Will you? Right now. Okay, throw this clip in. I had good years, man, when I came with the Cubs, Ray. And I, you know that. I know that. We had some fun together. Yeah. And that was my boy over here. He had to follow me all over the place, Randy, to make sure I get to bed on time. <laughs> Randy became the biggest alcoholic by doing that. <laughs> and he, he got lucky a few times, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, you got to hear him making love. He said, give me the cricket, gushed on it, and then boomy bop. And you're good, man. I like that. You hear it from the other room. It gets you excited. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm, I'm talking free because I'm out of my state. <laughs> I'm going back to Brooklyn tomorrow where I can get away with this stuff. <laughs> And that was, I mean, that was a wonderful night, wasn't it, William? Oh, so fun. So I have a story. And yeah. you know what? This is not probably the story you'd want 
really to tell, but it's just my Joe Pepitone story. I think okay. I know what it is, and I yeah. think it would be the story he'd want you I to I think tell. he'd want me to tell you this, yeah. all right? So, anyways, so, yeah, I met Joe Pepitone in uh, Mesa, Arizona at the Randy Hunley Fantasy Camp, and the best part of, and I've said this before on previous podcasts, is in the morning you have a one-hour meeting, and the one-hour meeting is basically a roast, I mean, basically, each coach tells you about the prior day's teams, what they did. They'll give an MVP away. They'll make fun of someone who did something stupid. But the banter between all that stuff is unbelievable. And, like, Joe Pepitone, he ran the room. He was amazing. I mean, Ed Lynch was pretty much the main man who ran the room. But for the color, Joe Pepitone was (laughs) the color. So, uh, I mean, I was so impressed with him. I was just – he made me laugh more than anything and he's just you know he had that new york tough guy right. thing going for him but a tough guy who had you know you could tell he was a little soft too he was he, you know you could tell he was wanting to be tough but you could tell like he cared about people actually liking him you know so uh anyways we we're i was happy to I, mean, I remember going through the booking process i you know when i went to, to randy Henley's fancy guy I got everybody's number you know, so i could call these guys so i called joe and it took a few times um to get it worked out, but he, he wanted to come. He really wanted to come. And he went, what is this club for? And uh, we had Randy Hunley here that night, Ray Burris, and who else was it? Bob Dernier? No, I don't no. think Bob Dernier was here. Oh, John Maley was here. John Maley was. Okay. Yeah, so that, that night John brought his World Series ring. It was awesome. But the podcast features uh, us, us four up there, Randy, Ray, uh, Ray Burris. And Joe. Yeah. yeah and Joe. Yeah. One, yeah. Yeah. Ray was here. Our guy, Ray, who is uh, officially inked him to a lifelong deal at the Club 400. I know. It's amazing. Be beautiful. That, no, no one knows it. I just, how do you know? You told me. Well, we didn't say it publicly. Oh, yeah. Ray's going to, uh, I told Ray, we're riding and dying till the end here. So we're going to ride and die. We're going to ride and die. I want Ray here for T-shirts. the rest of the ride whole. Ride and die, Ray Burris. So, yeah. Anyways, um, so that evening, you know, one of the things that we always do at Club 400 is upstairs, there's a, uh, I have a four-bedroom house. So one of the bedrooms we used, it used to be my mama's bedroom, but Kathy Willie, she decorated that. She painted it real nice and uh, we put a bunch of Cub stuff in there. And we use it as like the staging room, like when a player comes and they want to put their coat somewhere or if we used to have a fridge in there, we used to have a microwave, we used to have it all, but uh, put bottles in there for them on the way home or whatever. And um, so we'd always, we'd, you know, bring the player up there to sign the wall. And if they want to put their coats up there, anyone else. So that, I played, a, I kind of played a practical joke on Mom, William. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I think it was in the early 60s. Joe Pepitone did. I think it was the 70s. Was it? Yeah. I wonder if you can look that up real quick, William. I will. I'll, you know, hey, do some research while I'm talking, will you? Do something over there. I mean, he's not even drinking right now. While you're talking. I, not, I mean, he's not even drinking water. So anyways, he was in a magazine called The Foxy Lady. And that was the equivalent of a playgirl pretty much at the time. I don't know how long The Foxy Lady was around. I never even heard of the magazine. But then again, why would I, right, William? <laughs> so anyways, I went on eBay and sure it was, enough. By the way, it was done by Playgirl. It was. Yeah. Interesting. Affiliated. So it was like the penthouse. 1975. It was the penthouse version. <laughs> 1975. I was born in 73. So I ended up ordering. And I ended up buying the Foxy Lady magazine on eBay. 
and I had it shipped out to my, I think I paid like 20 bucks for it or something before the party. And uh, I perused that thing, and I kind of wish I didn't. But Joe was actually the centerfold in that particular. Interesting. Yeah. And he was pretty much letting it all hang out, I would say. So I ended up nonchalantly tagging the page, right? And then I put it upstairs on the counter next to the bed. So we had my mom go up there with Randy Hunley, Joe Pepitone. I think Ray Burst was in the room, and I think that was it. But I said, hey, Mom, when you go upstairs, after Pepitone signs the wall, there's a magazine up there. Flip it where I tagged it and have him sign it. So <laughs> I should have my mom on for this one. She should be the one telling this story. Yeah, I mean. It's amazing she still calls herself your mom after that. <laughs> we should have her on. I don't think my mom, mom's ever been on the podcast. She's but, avoided it like the plague. So anyways, she grabs the magazine Hands it to Joe with a Sharpie. And he, he knows right where the page is at. He's signed this thing. Signs it right on his schlong. My mom doesn't know. It's a penthouse guy magazine. And oh, my gosh. We got my mom. Practical joke. Super awesome. I mean, um, I mean. Different the, shade the, of red. The, the laughs were. Because I walked in at some point and everybody was, you know, Randy and Joe are good friends. They're, they go back a long ways. Yep. And it was just a f- classic moment between four or five people. Mm-hmm. Just a lot of laughs, you know. The whole night was a lot of laughs. And, um, yeah, check out our podcast. And the fun didn't stop there. He just kept going after that. Oh, he was great. He, yeah. I remember yelling in the pocket, get me another vodka. The guy straight, right. straight. He drank straight vodka. Yeah. And um, he drank it like water. That was uh, life well lived. It was. And you know what? Uh, before he came out to Club 400, I actually picked up his autobiography called You Could Have Made Us Proud, the Joe Pepitone story. I highly, highly recommend that book. Mm. That's one of the few books that I picked up and right. I read all the way through. Wow. It kind of me. It kind of uh, reminded me of, uh, uh, what's that called? A Beer Made in Hell? The uh, Tucker book. I wish they made beer in hell. I think that's what oh, it was. Yeah, I don't know that. Unbelievable book if you ever read that one. I, I mean, you, if you're a kid, don't read that one. But Joe's uh, book was like from the 70s, living in New York, yeah. and all his sexcapades. It is an unbelievable book, guys. Like, if you're going to go download a book and you're going to take a little road trip, <laughs> download Joe. You could have made us proud. And he's not afraid to tell it like it is. And that's the way Joe was. He told it like it was. He did have a heart of gold, and I was just, I'm just very proud, to be honest with you, more than anything, William. He's a part of our Club 400 family, and we had him out here, and he signed the wall. He signed the upstairs wall, and he signed a bar stool, so it was pretty cool. I posted those pictures up earlier, so pretty awesome. Um, I think that's it, William. I did, I did want to address one thing. It was bothering me a little bit. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Fire away. And, I, and I, I, you know, I can handle it, but kind of made me mad. So a lot of these guys, especially the older guys, that run their uh, their Twitter, you know, pages or social media. It's not always the player running it, right? So uh, I'm gonna guess usually isn't. No, especially the older guys. They don't, you know, they don't know how to work this kind of stuff. Uh, so, anyways, you know, we just not long ago, which by the way, we're gonna do a podcast. So we just gotta find the time. Um, basically. Uh, 
Nicole hooked up, uh, hooked us up, or somebody hooked us up with the uh, someone that worked for the Sun Times in Las Vegas, and they were coming out primarily to do a story on uh, Club Four Hundred. But uh, the the writer, he's an awesome guy. Um, he uh, got to talk to Fergie for like thirty minutes, and he came up to me and he said, "Stu, what do you think about like I changed the like the narrative of my article and I make it about Fergie, but have you guys a part of the background?" And I was like. Heck yeah, you do what you do what's best for you and you make the best article possible. Sure. I, you know, I don't you know, I don't need it. Right. Uh, so he did. He and he did an unbelievable, awesome job. So he posted it out there. And uh, <laughs> uh, Crowley's, I'm looking at Crowley's post here. It said fantastic article on you know at Fergie Jenkins. He has always supported the mission of Clubs Four Hundred Cubs Cave, Cub fans helping Cub fans, and has attended numerous events. Thanks, Fergie, for being a Hall of Fame person as well as a Hall of Famer on the field. So, Fergie, social media guy, Brad. I won't say anything. I won't. You know, I won't say anything negative. But uh, this is what he wrote for Fergie. Appreciate the kind words. This was a paid appearance, and I do not know much about the Charrier mission, but I wish them the best. I'm telling you what, right now, William, if I'm the social media person for Fergie Jenkins, I'm firing that dude, Brad. You'd be long gone, man. I mean, are you kidding me? Fergie's been here two to three times. He's a, he's a friend of mine. I mean, he's a literally friend of mine, and you're going to go make him look bad and me look bad and also the Sun-Times writer? This is ridiculous, and I just want to call Sometimes what you see is not what you get. That was not Fergie. Fergie is definitely, and let me tell you something, William. I love Fergie Jenkins. There's no one I love more than Fergie Jenkins. Fergie Jenkins is one of the nicest gentlemen that's ever stepped in this place. And uh, I just hate to see him being misrepresented by someone who doesn't know, even have a clue about who he is or what he's done in the past. I mean, he's been here twice. He's helped us raise a lot of money. We love Fergie, but uh, hopefully, you know, I'll I'll see Fergie and Mesa, and I'm gonna show him that because that was ridiculous, and that was not I was not happy about that. I think that was the best Stu McVicker rant since the old days at the um, Hilton Towers. Yeah, yes. <laughs> we never played my rant. I know we need to do that. And you know what, guys? Bucket I was, I was thinking boy. about this. We're gonna we're gonna go on to the do rest. We have of that recorded. Oh, I have it recorded. I'll send you the MP3. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, and you guys, should we, we, and should we put that in right now? I mean, if, if you're, you're if, okay, I'm going to throw that one. And uh, here, here, here's the rant. Me at the Cubs convention after the year after the Cubs won the World Series. I mean, the, the Sox won the World Series, all right? Not the Cubs. That was 2006. So this would have been 2007 Cubs convention. I understand the only
I'm not sure if that was better than the one tonight, though. Tonight's was, was pretty good, too. I'm going to have to cut that one and save that for later. But I get it, though. And you know what? This is what people have a problem with, with Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, and even when uh, your guy was president a couple presidents ago and he was tweeting in the middle of the night. So it wasn't my guy. Was he doing that himself? <laughs> or No, he was. Do you think Joe Biden is sending out those tweets? I don't think Joe Biden knows how to tweet, but... <laughs> I kind of get the feeling that, well, we don't need to go into politics. But. No, that's another hey, speaking podcast. Of, speaking of, yeah, that's a whole separate Which we thought series. about doing one of those, yeah. actually. Hey, speaking of, like, great guys, though, just totally awesome guys, cannot wait. I'm going to let you introduce our next guest, but cannot wait to talk to him yet again. We did do a podcast with him early. and William, I want to introduce you to a, a friend of Club 400. He's part of the family, man. Reintroduce. Yeah, and he was on a podcast a couple of years ago before COVID, and I we've believe. also met at spring training. He is the PA announcer in Mesa, Arizona, for the all voice. the games at Sloan Park. The voice. The voice of Sloan, man. The voice of your Chicago Cubs. Tim Sheridan. Tim, what is going on, my brother? Good afternoon, William and Stu. Sorry, that's the PA voice. That's awesome. That I want a PA voice. I'll have to work on that. <laughs> hey, well, you know, when you when you start when you're 20 years old out of a, a class, you know, college class, and they just throw you in there, you have to, like, sink or swim. And basically, I just thought of all the old PA guys that I'd heard, and I had to be, like, this authoritative voice because – my speaking voice isn't you know, like super deep or anything like that. And so I was like, I'm going to do it this way. So that's like my PA persona. It's so, like a separate voice that I use. So who are you inspired by from a PA perspective? Well, I've, uh, I've kind of become a little bit of a PA historian, if you will, just oh, nice. because of uh, yeah, finding out, you know, the interesting stories. A lot of people don't know uh, about the Pat Pipers um, of the world who, you know, of course was like almost 60 years as a PA announcer um, at Wrigley field and even was a, a like a peanut vendor before that. So, um, and uh, of course, you know, the, uh, the legendary Bob Shepard, the voice of God over at Yankee stadium, all those years and stuff like that. So it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, I enjoy that. So, I, you know, my inspiration was, I think, more of an amalgam of uh, all of them or all of those that I knew at the time. And just to try and 
be that kind of authoritative voice. And at the time, the whole comms were somewhat running the press box. That's the group that helps out the Cubs or had helped them out for a lot of years. They still do. Um, and so they said, basically, we just want to hear the information. We don't necessarily want to know that you're there. So don't, you know, do anything funny or crazy. And so I started off pretty straight laced and have always kind of kept to that. I think I do a little bit of my my own kind of style if you will with like the cubs names and different things like that now than i did you know years back but that's all part of you know kind of an evolving um public address uh announcer that you know i've become and you know it's something i never thought i'd be doing all these years later but here we are and how many years <laughs> has it been well, this one's a big one. This is the uh, this is my fortieth season. Fortieth season. Wow. wow. Hey, I see you're passing out baseball cards. I gotta get myself one of those, William. Well, I want to kind of jealous. You've got some locked in because I have some autographed editions. There's only going to be four hundred of those. Oh, oh that's yes. I need one of those that's for sure. So yeah. I'll lock you in for those. I have other ones that aren't the autographed edition. I just wanted to do that. Will definitely. I, I need two of them. I need one for here. I need one for the condo for sure. And you'll be in both you places. Got it. Yeah. You got it, my brother. No problem. So. So that's four. How many games do you think that is? Do you ever figure that out? How many, you know, I it, figured it out, and it's an approximation because I'd have to go back yeah. to each spring and like find out how many games were that spring. So I kind of averaged it out. It's I think it's just under seven hundred, six eighty ish, somewhere in there. Tell us about your first day ever. Like, well, first of all, tell us how you got the job, and like, I was. I mean, how did how did it evolve into you're working at which was at the time Ho Ho Cam Park, right? Was that where you started yeah. or no? Yeah, old Holcamp Park. Yeah, which is um, basically a story of right place, right time. I had a um, radio and TV announcing class at Mesa Community College, uh, and someone came in and apparently talked to our professor. And next thing I know, he says, "Who wants to help out at Cub Spring training?" Well, me being a huge sports fan, baseball fan in particular, I just threw my hand up as quick as I heard that, and so. There was two of us that went over that day, and then they said, "You, you, you two are going to be doing the public address announcing. The other guy is going to like be the spotter and answer the phones and do all this." So we kind of that first spring we we shared all those kind of duties, but we didn't really know what we we're doing. It was kind of like, <laughs> "Holy crap, we're going to be doing this? Okay, let's let's do it." That's so great. it was kind of. You, I mean, wild. you worked with you met so many different people, including my idol. Uh, the reason why I'm a Cubs fan, period, Harry Carey. I mean, I got to ask you why I got you on. Like, tell me, I mean, you hung right next to that gentleman every day for many years. Uh, tell us your, your best Harry Carey story that you can tell, if you could. Uh, well, that's it. You know, so many of those just uh, are not for public consumption, I think. You know, but uh, seriously, Harry was just. And I, I've probably mentioned this on the previous podcast, but it's worth repeating. And it's why he became such a fan favorite. And I would watch him after the games got over and at the old Holcomb Park where he was. He only had one year in the new Holcomb when they built that new stadium that was after they tore it down after the 96 season. And so it was ready. The new one was ready for 97. Well, Harry was there for one year, but he didn't make it to the next year. So it was just the one season new park. But in the old ballpark, you could reach right out and there was the fans. They, the season ticket holders, most of them were like right below the press box because that was one of the few shaded spots. And he would sit there and sign autographs for uh, 25 minutes, half hour, 40 minutes until the last person 
had an autograph, you know, and that's kind of the guy he was where other announcers not naming names, Steve Stone. Sorry, did I say that? <laughs> Oops, no. And he had to, and Steve Stone had to sign it to your name, like you know. Like, and, and Steve would just like close up his briefcase yeah. and just like beeline and Steve, mm. gonna get your autograph. Steve, gonna get you. And he just yeah. like no. Well, he's paying for it now. He's with the sacks. So. Hey, well, there you go. That's that's an issue right there. But I will. I you know what? I'm gonna say one thing about Steve Stone, and that is I read an article about him, I don't know, maybe eight years ago or something, and this article talked about him having an epiphany and realizing he wasn't, like, really being a nice person to a lot of people and that he was changing his life. So if that's the case, more power to him. Yeah. You know, that people can him. grow and change. I would love to get him but, out here at some point, Club 400. I would. Because, I mean, I had so yeah. many, that's what, oh, that's what I felt. And everything. Uh, I mean, he's a Cy Young Award pitcher, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know, so you got that going for you beyond the announcing. So. Yeah. I mean, but it was Harry, Harry, him and Harry. Back to, Harry, that was it. He just was a, a people uh, person. And this is what I loved about him. When he wasn't actually announcing games, and back then they only announced about uh, maybe a half a dozen games every spring, but he would still be there at the ballpark. He would sit in the stands with the fans, drinking his beer and having a good time, and then he'd eventually work his way up to the press box to sing the seventh inning stretch, even when he wasn't working. But wow. that's what he did. That's the kind of guy he was. That's great. Yep. That's awesome. So, Tim, uh, you're out there all March long. Like we said, you are the voice of Sloan Park. What does it, what does it mean to you to walk in uh, every day to go to work and, you know, you're in beautiful, you know, you get, you get out of Minnesota, which we all know Williams, uh, you know, you guys are both Minnesota boys. Yes, we are. By the way, everybody, I want you to listen to me right now. Before we went on the air, these guys both picked the, num- the 91 Twins World Series Game 7 against the 2016 Chicago Cubs Game 7. I had to put it out there. I made a note of it. But the, I didn't say that. He I didn't said, say that. Oh, he didn't say that? I said, I those did. two are I'm the, from, I'm the fake two news. <laughs> best that people will say, and I, I didn't make a choice. Okay. All right. Well, William, I'm just saying baseball uh, people will say well, well, you were a there. 91 game. You were there. I was there, too. Yeah, yeah. Each, mm-hmm. each game was great, yeah. and for me, they both had significance in different Absolutely. ways. Absolutely. And, and I don't think, honestly, I don't because I had had a, a World Series in 80, um, 84 with the Cubs, or 87, um, it's 87, right? 87 with yeah. the Twins, yeah. Yeah, with the Twins, sorry. Um, because I had already had that experience, the 2016 World Series with the Cubs. It was totally, yeah. It, it had, like, s- such an impact because of the 108 years. And, you know, me being a PA guy for the Cubs for so many years coming back, you know, it was all about the lovable losers and all of this. And, you know, that was like the ongoing thing forever is, you know, you know, being a Cubs fan. And so when that happened, that was like, you know, the weight of the world lifted off of the shoulders of all of us Cubs fans. Do you think that's going to happen to us when the Vikings win the Super Bowl? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and just having Bud Grant just passed away, oh. it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, what I've told my brothers who are also Vikings fans growing up in Minnesota, that's like, hey, if the Cubs can do it, damn it, anybody can. That's right. <laughs> yes, we've seen it all. So you get on that, pl- you get on that plane and head to uh, sunny Mesa, Arizona, and tell us what the month of March is like for you. It's got to be a dream, right? It is, and uh, I really, it's like a gig that 
I hadn't expected to be doing all these years later, but yet it's become like this really significant portion of my life um, in terms of I build my my uh, spring around it about being able to be here and, ex, you know, announce the games. They asked if I would come down and do MLB had a desert invitational college baseball tournament that was the week before spring training started so i came down and i thought what a great way to warm up for spring training kind of get in the groove by doing these college games before the cubs start the week later so i announced um six college games in four days so that was you know that was some serious baseball over the weekend but i love it it's uh the weather here in march as i've always said is about as as good as it gets in the valley of the sun as we call it um it's fantastic, and it's a lot of sunshine. And when you put baseball with it and the Cubs, I just I just get that nostalgia every year when I come back. I like smell the the popcorn and the smell of the hot dogs cooking and all that, and it literally brings me right back every year because you know the the senses are powerful, but smell is is a super powerful one. So um, it just kind of I don't know. It just cements that that beauty of what spring training is and. I think part of it for me too is that there's no necessarily a pressure to win because these games don't matter, but um, so it makes it kind of a, a fun, easy feeling. I've always said that there's two things that are important in spring training, and that's basically for the fans to have fun and to get the team ready for opening day. That's really it. I mean, so wins don't, wins losses don't matter. It's just getting the team ready. That's the, you know, how the, how each manager goes about doing that. That's their deal. You know, Joe Madden, he did a lot of crazy shit back in the day in 2016. I mean, some of the wildest stunts were that very spring and look what happened. So you never know. Now, do you ever dream about calling a game at Wrigley one day? I know well, you already did. Uh, last go. like, last year, yeah, right? These, these was, guys have not done their research. That was a softball, <laughs> Tim. Was, I know. That was last year. Yeah. Last year. Right? Uh, yeah, 2021. Not this oh, past uh, year, but it was the, the year before. I remember you coming and, out for it. And oddly enough, uh, they kind of asked. They gave me kind of a window of games that I could choose from. And I was like, how about September 22nd? And they're like, yeah, that works for us. And it was... The Twins playing the Cubs nice. at Wrigley Field. So it was literally my uh, Mount Everest. You yeah. Know, getting a chance to wow. climb That's up cool, there. Man. And something I found out later, this is an interesting little side note, as I've already mentioned, Pat Piper, the you know the almost 60 years PA announcer at Wrigley Field, who started before they actually you know had um, a public address system. He had this huge five foot megaphone. He used to run up and down the lines and, you know, shout it out. He'd lose like six pounds a game doing it. <laughs> but, um, he, it was, uh, September 22nd. That was the first Pat Piper day at Wrigley field. And I had no idea. Oh, like, wow. Well, that's kind of a perfect symmetry. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. That is cool. It all kind of worked out. It was meant to be. Yeah. Huh? It did. So yeah, that was just, that was like super special. I mean, one, there was, the sky turned all like pinkish and like this amazing clouds across over the lake and everything from the sunset behind. And I mean, it was just sitting up there with that view out across Wrigley field from up high. Oh my God, what a commanding view. It's incredible. 
Um, so I was just blown away. And my, the one thing I have to say, and I, my brother and his wife were there and a couple other friends came down or came up from Arizona. And, uh, I was like thinking to myself, okay, this is probably the only time I'm going to get to do this at Wrigley field. So I better not screw up because <laughs> you know, like you got one time and if you screw up, that's going to live with you for the rest of your life. So I was just happy that, uh, uh, it was, you didn't screw up steak free. Right? I didn't mess up. I didn't call <laughs> anybody by the wrong name, you know? So it was, uh, if you it did, awesome. it would just be old to Harry Carey, man. That's right. Well, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great things, Tim is, and I know, and Tim's really good, man. He's just, he's the nicest guy ever. And he comes around and hangs out with the fans. And when you come back here, I mean, you see a lot of people, I'm, I'm sure like, it's like your second family. It's a baseball family, yeah. you know? it's all about the fans. And, you know, I, I wrote something recently on my little blog that I do uh, boys of spring. Um, and which is check it out by the way, boys of spring, where will you find that at for the listener? Boys of spring.com. That's, and then you go to, uh, cud soup on there, which is my blog or the blog. It's easy to find. It's where I kind of have, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff there. If you're a Cubs fan and you haven't seen it, you can find a lot of, uh, different videos that I put together and these are home videos actually too. Cool. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. So, um, but if you uh, didn't know Tim back in the day, he was always carried a camera around recording. Exactly. Everything, right? and nobody, I think, you know, I think right? we touched that on the last podcast. We did. Yeah. Yes. yeah I think so. Yep. yep. And so, um, in terms of, uh, the Cubs and the, uh, I wrote a blog recently about the 40 years and basically what i said was it's all about the people yeah i'm lucky that you know i'm announcing for the cubs all these years but it's the connections with the people the fans the co-workers everybody that i've met over the years and come back you know i haven't seen him for a year and then come back and like you know we're best buds again it's like no time has passed so that's the stuff i really value that's you know it's people in in life you know and people all have the same interest like the Cubs. So I'll kind of get behind that. We have this kind of connection. So that's special. It's yeah. It's special being here in the sun and doing baseball and all that. And I mean, I get paid, which I always joked with people's like, are you kidding me? I feel like I'm like stealing money, you know, <laughs> pinch me because like they're having me be at a baseball game and, and do this. It's not like work, you know? It's fun. I would be there anyhow on the stands and having a good time like Harry did. So We kind of get the same thing from, uh, and he probably produced the show we did with you before, John Benedict, who's now the Cubs organist. organist. Yep, yep. He kind of says the same kind of thing, like he... I think what he wishes. Gig. I think he wishes he got paid more, but I think he's well, uh, exactly. he's like you know they wouldn't have to pay. I we shouldn't say this on the air because they you know they probably wouldn't have to pay him. He'd still do it. He yeah. loves it. So, yep, that's yep, fun. I yeah, get that. great gig. You know, Club Hunter obviously just invaded uh, Mesa, Arizona. I saw plenty of pictures of Tim, and uh, looking forward to seeing you this week, Tim. I'll be down yes, there uh, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. To too. Yeah. So, awesome. but yeah, Tim, uh, real quick, uh, as we were talking about the fans, obviously we have Sloan, the Sloan tent over there with Peggy Gilmore, who's she's the best. She is the yes. mayor of spring training. I think that's yeah. her, her new name. We'll just call her that. Call her what yeah, it what it is. And she is. Her. Yeah. And she deserves that title for sure, no doubt. 
And then right next to that tent is Steve's Dreams tent. Um, and we're going to bring um, on the founder of Steve's Dream. But first off, tell us uh, a little bit. You, you wrote me a message, and you told me the story. I, I kind of want you to just tell the, the fans out there what we will be doing, actually, this Sunday on March 19th. Uh, combination effort, uh, all of us are a part of it. And I mean all of us. Everybody in that little area there, we're all working together to do this. But Steve Stream, Procured, the, uh, Procured, what was I saying? The Pro- six Procured. Procured, okay. Yeah, procured. This, I'm trying to use fancy words now, William. I know. There you go. So six That's tickets. Dangerous. So yeah, there's actually, uh, yeah, a family of six. So I'll, I'll let you lead into there. Well, um, my uh, sister-in-law and, and my brother, um, they... Their kids were taught by this wonderful, amazing woman, and I, so I got this information from my sister-in-law. Um, as I, you know, I didn't know them, but uh, I didn't know the teacher. That is, this wonderful teacher. Um, she taught all four of her kids kindergarten, and apparently, and my brother and his family moved to Tennessee about three years ago. And this woman is so wonderful. She probably hasn't taught her their kids for five, six years, but she still sends them like Christmas cards every year. And she sent them like some candy and flowers when they moved to Tennessee. I'm just saying a super, super dedicated teacher um, who is from what I can tell universally loved. And um, so this message that came to me from uh, my sister-in-law because she knows I'm involved with the Cubs is this is her whole family. This teacher, Kim Shuck is her name is Cubs fans. I mean, dedicated, diehard Cubs fans. The her husband um, had a little league team that was the Cubs with like their you know regulation uniforms and all that. And um, just anyhow, getting to the part that gets me is she had a seizure at school and and something that she hadn't had. And they took her in. They found out she's got this uh, brain tumor. And so they operated on her and got, I guess, 99%, but there's the other 1% that they couldn't take because of where it was and it would leave her like paralyzed and this and that. So, um, you know, the sad story about it is, and I'm not, it's, you know, kind of gets me, but uh, this particular tumor, it's like a, a three years average life expectancy. So mm. it's, it's very aggressive and it's not, um, she, you know, she, if anyone's, will and spirit can overcome something uh this is a woman who can do it because from all accounts i hear and i'm they've had a like her on tv here uh talking about this because your students were like wanting to let the world know about this and stuff and so i thought it's the least i could do to reach out and of course you know uh, club 400 i know what that's all about so Story, you're the first person I wanted to reach out to because, like, if you knew anyone or could figure out a way we could help them out and bring them out to a game, I knew you'd you'd have that dialed in. So that's yeah. how it all started. Worked yep. out really good. I contacted Mike from Steve's Dream. He's kind of the captain around there. As for, I mean, he's the same thing, Cubs fans helping Cub fans. We're going to bring Steve on yep. next here. Um, but he has a story behind his charity, and – you know, I shot him a couple of the articles that Tim sent me, and he was in right away. And like I said, that whole group there in the corner outside a home plate area, it's a big family over there. It really is. Everybody yeah. watches out for one another. People cook and share their food, and, you know, yeah, it's a nice it was, place to be. It's a nice place to be. A lot of warm, I, warm love over there. Oh, I could tell. And I was out there uh, last weekend, I guess it was last Friday, 
And, you know, I wanted to go out and just say hello to Club 400 anyhow. And then I met Mike and Peggy and and uh, I think I'd met Peggy before. But it's just like now I have, you know, new best friends. Yeah. <laughs> they're awesome. I mean, they're the greatest people in the world. So and also, I could just tell, if, you know, what they're caring and, you know, what they want to do. So it's just fabulous. Also, if you're hungry before a game, there's going to be pizza and salsa at the Club 400 tent for every game. I so. did get a couple slices of pizza while did I was you, there. Did I you try the say. salsa? I didn't get a chance to, but mm. I will. Okay, make you know, that now, put that on your bucket list. I know Stewart's going to be there. I'm going to yeah. be popping out on a regular basis. So. Definitely. Uh, and, you know, well, after the game, we'll have some cold ones for you. <laughs> but, yeah, Sunday. Uh, I'm done this, with that. This Sunday, March 19th, uh, um, everybody, Tim, Steve's Dream, Sloan. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, the, the family's gonna come out. I think there's two girls and two boys and her husband, and we're gonna hang out before the game. Get them some autographs. I'm gonna contact a couple of my guys. Nice. Make sure they stop by, and it'll be a group effort oh, on a, giving this awesome. giving this family that a awesome. great day. He's got guys. <laughs> P. Wizzy. I know probably. he does. I know, man. Stu's got guys everywhere. <laughs> He's Amazing. got guys. I got guys. Yeah, I got a the, guy. Yeah, like. A, I'm the type of guy as uh, I know a guy. I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> he knows a guy. I need to exactly. get my shower fixed. So I, anybody out there, uh, I need to I get that fixed. <laughs> so, anyways, Tim, pleasure to have you on. Always, always great to talk oh, to you. My uh, pleasure. Looking yeah. forward to seeing you, and then hopefully, can't wait. We'll see you out uh, in on a road trip. May 12th to the 14th in Minnesota. We'll have a great time. We'll tailgate. William's yes. going to make it this time, and we're this is we're going to your stopping ground. So I want you to show I'm me who's swim, boss. All right, down. <laughs> yeah, you got it. It'll be a blast. Yes. And thank you, thank you guys for having me on. I mean, uh, Stu, William, this is uh, always a pleasure. And um, like I say, I get lucky to have had this this little one month, well, month and a half gig following the Cubs every spring, and lucky enough to do it for this long, but. Like I, I was maybe mentioning before we got on the air, you know, it's people like Kim, who's a teacher for um, almost 20 years who impacts so many lives and things like that. You know, those those are huge people who are have done wonderful, wonderful things in their lives. And so to kind of help her when she's in, you know, uh, a little uh, definitely a trying time in her life, even though we're all hopeful she's going to overcome this and stomp on cancer or whatever. But um so I love you guys for jumping on this thing and taking charge. And, you know, I'm going to be there on Sunday in and, you know, before the game and after the game and, and kind of help them whatever they need. And so cool, man. It's going to be a great Thank day. That's for sure. Yeah. That's what club 400 is all about. Cubs yeah. fans helping right Cubs on fans. right so. on. We'll see you Thursday, buddy. You bet. Take care. Okay. Tim, so much. Yeah. Well, surprise. I asked myself this question the other day. I said, why haven't we had Mike Barry on from Steve's Dream? Uh, I mean, why haven't we done that, William? I don't know the answer to that, Stu. You're uh, the guy that usually books the guests. I know. So <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm really actually very happy to have Mike Barry. He started a charity called Steve's Dream, and he's at Sloan Park every Every game, actually, every game, him and his beautiful wife, and they have a tent there, and they uh, they help Cub fans. They're Cub, they're Cub fans helping Cub fans. So, uh, Mike, I appreciate you coming on the Club 400 podcast. I am definitely looking forward to seeing you on Thursday. And so tell us, Mike, how you became a Cub fan. That, that's always, like, the, the question I love to ask first. Uh, well, Stuart William, thanks for having me. Oh, my goodness. Well, 
I became a Cubs fan. My first Cubs game at Wrigley was 1961. Uh, my dad spent big bucks. I think the tickets were five bucks. We sat between home plate and the third base dugout in about the fourth or fifth row and got to see the Milwaukee Braves play the Cubs. Wow. Uh, Dick Ellsworth pitched for the Cubs. And I don't remember if they won or lost, but I remember it was like, this is how you this is how you watch baseball. You know, I was very young at the time, but I, I was, I just took it all in and that was my first Cubs game. And, you know, that started uh, in the late sixties, early seventies. I can't tell you how many times I was a bleacher bum uh, back in the sixties and seventies. I could take up the rest of the day talking about stories. Did you wear one of those yellow hats? You know, the construction hats or no? <laughs> uh, I didn't have one of the construction hats, but I've got a lot of stories. And, in fact, I was just sharing some of them with Fergie Jenkins. Just uh, oh, Yeah, I saw Fergie stopped at your yeah, tent. That was awesome. Yeah, and we talked yesterday for quite a while. Great guy. But, uh, yeah, I've been a, moved out here to Arizona in the 80s, became a season ticket holder for the Cubs out here in Arizona in 1984. And, uh, you know, and have been attending spring training games since then. So I, I've seen a lot of a lot of changes. And I am full of stories. <laughs> Who, who's your favorite player? My favorite player of all time. It's funny. I, I'm looking at a signed jersey of Ernie Banks in my office here, mm. and it's it's a toss up between. I have three favorite players of all time. One would be Ernie. One would be Ron, and the other would be Riz. Mm. Those are good. Those, Those are, are three, three good, good ones. ones. Yeah. <laughs> three. That's a Mount Rushmore right there. I like it. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're all unique in their own way, and they're all uh, they're all genuine, and you can't ask for more than that. We were just talking about that with Tim Sheridan, the old Ho Ho Cam back in the day, huh? What a nice piece of junk it was. <laughs> it felt was it was home, you know, but it, it was not the nicest place. <laughs> I'm going to argue with you because okay. I love because my seats were over the Cubs dugout, and I get to talk. I got to talk to Billy Williams every single day. I wasn't more than ten feet away from him. Really? Mm. So uh, you know, it may not have been aesthetically pleasing, but uh, back in the eighties, uh, my dad would bring in. They would let you bring in uh, playmate coolers of beer, and my dad would bring in one with Bud. And guess who he would share his beer with? With Billy? No, Harry Carey. I'm guessing. Harry Carey. So. <laughs> Okay, I digress with stories. <laughs> I bet you got a lot of stories. We could probably do a whole yeah. podcast with you on there for sure. We should do that one day. That's fun. I mean, there's nothing like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, how many great memories do you have from Ho-Ho Camp Park? That'll always be a special place to you for sure because it's oh, all about experiences and memories. Oh, yeah. I was like a bodyguard for Sandberg when he was going out to his car. The players would park with uh, the fans. And he was going out. He got mobbed. By fans and I was actually happened to be in the area and I had to play security for him so he didn't get mobbed. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> so you know you live in obviously Arizona. How often do you come up to Chicago for home games a lot or no? Uh, we try to get back there. We uh, we missed last couple of years because because of, of COVID. Right. We've been up, we've been up there yeah several times. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, what March 30th? We got eight more spring training. Well, more than that, not including the away games, and then. Uh, what are we, 20 days out, William? Yeah. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, you guys always do it upright at Sloan Park. Uh, but tell us about uh, your charity. 
So uh, Steve's dream. So Steve, uh, Steve's my son. And uh, unfortunately, it's a sad story. Uh, back in 2002, uh, he passed away unexpectedly of pericarditis. Now, that's an infection around your heart. Uh, he wasn't hadn't been feeling very well. He had moved back to Chicago. He had just gotten married in September of 01, and uh, just a few days after 9-11. And didn't know he was sick. He kind of kept that from us a little bit, but then he... Uh, passed unexpectedly. And as we were, uh, we packed up and headed back for Chicago to help make arrangements. And uh, I got there and uh, the reality of the situation really hit me hard to the point where it just, just took me right to my knees. And I could hear my son say, I'm sorry, Dad, and I said, that's okay, Steve, and then I had something, and this is a Field of Dreams kind of moment, which was Steve's favorite movie, and uh, I, I, I heard something in my head, it wasn't mine, and it said, something incredible is going to happen to you this day, when it happens, they will sing, and what they mean by that was, I was making funeral arrangements for my son, and it happened to be my birthday, uh, really? anyway, so, uh, make a very long story short, I had a vision to donate some of my spring training tickets to other fathers and sons. I no longer had a son to watch baseball with, and I wanted other fathers and sons to share that experience. And so uh, I started giving away some of my spring training tickets at Hohokam. And in 2006, that was in 02, in uh, March of 02, and in 2006, I became a 501c3. Uh, since then, I now work with a lot of nonprofits in the Phoenix area. And to date, we have uh, donated over 2,200 tickets. Wow. To, uh, communities, uh, to families, uh, lots of nonprofits. And you mentioned I've been to a lot of games. Well, since Steve passed. Uh, the Steve Dream Games. Uh, I've been to 303 consecutive games. Wow, mm. that's amazing! I didn't yeah. know that. Mm -hmm. That's a whole lot of tickets and a whole lot of consecutive games in a row. That's un unbelievable. But you know, it, it, it takes a community, as you know, Stu. It takes a community. No one person can do one thing. And I, I have to get a call. I'll give a call out to uh, Nancy Hunter who was the ticket manager for the Cubs back at Hohokam. And when they moved to Sloan, I had eight season tickets for Steve's Dream through the 501c3. And when they, and they, were, they were great seats. They were behind the Cubs' dugout, you know, uh, third row, sixth row, uh, another section over in the sixth row. So they were, you know, two, two, and, and four. They're a little disjointed. So when we moved to Sloan, she bundled them together, and I have uh, eight tickets. They're piggyback. They're in rows 9 and 10, which is actually the fifth and sixth row behind the Cubs dugout in the shade on the players' tunnel. Wow. That's and awesome. They, are, they have pretty sweet seats. I got to commend you. I mean, obviously losing a son is like one of the most devastating things could ever, ever happen to a father. And... Uh, the wonderful thing that you're doing is you're you're keeping Steve's name alive, and I'm sure like he is so happy and so proud of you to do what you're doing, 
and all in his name. And, that, and that's, that's an unbelievable thing. I mean, you, you're doing a lot of good and you're helping a lot of people, but you're also keeping your son's name alive in a very positive light. And I got to commend you because it's, it's unbelievable. Thank you very much. And you know, it, every day. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure he's in that tent every day too. You know, his spirit is definitely there, and uh, and that's the great thing about you know, you got Sloan, then you got your tent, and then you got you know, there's that's everybody's over there as family. You got you know, Ron, you know, all those guys are unbelievable, and uh, you guys, it's, it's 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 like basically, I mean, like you said, you're uh, about roughly halfway through spring training, you're nine games in, you got nine left, but. Uh, talk about the community out there and, you know, the people that you met and uh, not only that, but all the, all the families that you've helped. I bet you forget about people that you've helped in the past. You know, uh, you can't help. No, you never forget them. You, you really don't. You, you may not remember the names, but you remember the faces. But uh, the family out there, really, we are a tight bunch of people. Uh, and I'm sure you've had, I'm sure, I think you've had Peggy Gilmore on your podcast. Yeah. Well, we haven't had Peggy. We're going to get her, but, um, I know Crowley had her on her podcast the other day. Yeah. Right, right, right. So we're, yeah, that's another long story, but the family, uh, you know, Peggy Gilmore runs the whole Sloan tent and she's, you know, we're part of Peggy's pit crew where we, uh, since 2015 been helping her set up the tailgates when she was there with a 12 by 12 Coleman tent and a cooler. Uh, it's kind of expanded since then. <laughs> Say the least. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, but but the family there, you mentioned Ron, uh, a brother from another mother. You know, uh, Ron, is he really is a brother. You know, he lost his son a few years ago to cancer. So, unfortunately, uh, we share an unfortunate bond. Uh, love him as a brother. Yeah. We've got so many other people, and uh, JP is a part of the family uh, when Club 400 came out there, and we all just bonded. But I tell you what, it's it's you can't explain it. You have to see it and experience it. And Stu knows all about that. Oh, it's one of my favorite weekends to go down there. I mean, I just want to be stay there longer, but you know, right. I, I can't. <laughs> but Mike, uh, gotta move down here. You know, I, well, you know what? I got the Club 400. Well, he, uh, he can't. I'm if, trying to do Club 400 Arizona. If you saw his basement, <laughs> he can't. He, there's no moving. Maybe one day when I get, you know, the, the beautiful thing about Mike is he's, re, he's retired. He's retired. He's a retired guy. <laughs> Every day is Saturday. Yeah, that's what he said to me the other day. I know. I was like, one day I'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, Mike, tell us about, like, so Cub fans, I'm telling you right now, if you know anybody who's in Arizona or there's a, a need for tickets, um, you know, for someone who's maybe sick or we'll talk about a uh, family we're helping out this Sunday, but uh, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, do you have a website or um, how, how do people usually contact you and how do people find out about you? Well, what I do is I work through other nonprofits. So, uh, you know, we have 18 games this year. I have eight tickets. It's super high demand. And over the course of the years, uh, I reach out to nonprofits. Okay. There's a lot of gotcha. great nonprofits like Hope Kids, uh, Colton Kyle Foundation, Mended Little Hearts, Arizona Cancer Foundation uh, for Children, Amanda's uh, Hope. The list goes on and on and on. I've but, got a list. Of- so you created you you created your own network, and you yeah that's hot that's unbelievable that's a, I'm sure that I'm sure you, I mean that's the thing about having a charity it's a you know it's a job no matter what and but it's it's fulfilling. 
And I'm sure it's so fulfilling for you, right, Mike? It's, I tell you what, you know, it, it's, it's extremely fulfilling because there's always a handful of families you meet where uh, the emotions just get really intense, but they're good emotions, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It, you know, uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but, you know, the reason I do this is, simply put, I just want to, I, I share Steve's story. And with parents and with their kids, and I want everybody to understand how precious the love is between between them. And if I've been able to help strengthen that love for just one family or one person, then Steve's dream has been successful, and I think it has been. Uh, definitely has been. Oh, you guys are doing great things and can do, continue to do great things. And we just had on uh, earlier Tim Sheridan, who reached out to me, who then I reached out to Mike, but. Um, and Mike is really stepping up like he always does. And uh, we're hosting a, a Kim Shock. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. But, uh, yeah, it's just like that. We're going to have they have four kids, two boys and two girls. And uh, we're gonna, you know, they're going to come to Mike's tent. They're gonna, we're going to cook for him. And we're going to have an unbelievable time. And it's just things like that, right, Mike, that just like, – like obviously uh, – I network to you because I consider you the Arizona's finest out there. So, uh, and it just worked out that we were able to make this happen for this family. And uh, like I said, teamwork, that's what it's all about. You know, it's funny how things work out, Stu, because normally I've already got the tickets already spoken for well in advance, but something told me to hold back a whole bunch of games. So I did. And then when I, when, you know, you told me about, about Kim through Tim, I just stopped giving out tickets and said, this is a priority for this family. They need to get to a Cubs game, and we're going to make it happen. And that's exactly what, what we did. Yeah, it's and awesome. Stude brings up about now every other show about how it's really hard for one organization. You know, the motto we have here at Club 400 is Cubs fans helping Cubs fans. It's really hard for one organization to, to do a lot. When everybody gets together like you guys are doing for this on Sunday – it makes things just that much better. Yeah, and I, I mean, I mean, five hundred one C since two thousand six. Yeah, twenty two hundred tickets, three hundred eighty three amazing games of giving of giving, and I'm sure enjoy, you know, I'm sure, and like I said, enjoying it with great people around you. It's unbelievable, Mike. And you know what? I know one thing. We need to bring you back on because I want to hear some of these stories, right, William? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so, uh, well, it would be my pleasure. Yeah, you know what? We'll do that down the line. Uh, we'll we'll do it like maybe after the season, after baseball season. But we'll have you on because yeah, we always you know what you have a. I mean, he's I've heard of some of them, but he's got tons of them. I mean, he's been yeah, around. Sure, and yeah. you know that's the great thing about spring training in uh, Mesa, Arizona, is uh, you're not going to get any kind of action uh, interaction with the players like you are going to get down there. Oh, you know? certainly, so, certainly I mean, not at Wrigley. Fergie it's, Jenkins, yeah. Hall of Famer, just walks up to it's, you know right. the Steve's Dreams tent and sits there and you know signs autographs and tells talks to right. you know <laughs> mike it's unbelievable yeah that's great oh yeah he, he, he had some stories i hadn't heard before he yeah <laughs> he is a great gentleman I, I i and i thanked him for being for signing autographs for probably hundreds of thousands of fans yeah oh he's he's, he's one of the he's best. The best i gotta ask you i mean i'm sure you've obtained unbelievable items throughout your going out to these games what is like the one piece of like memorabilia that means the most to you Oh, jeez. It's a tough one, huh? You know what? I'm, I'm sure you got a lot. It's hard to choose one, right? An autographed signed ball by my son. 
Oh, really? Awesome. That is awesome. How I have autographed balls by a lot of players. Uh, I have a lot of memorabilia, but I have one. I coached his little league team, and he signed it. Oh, that's cool. How, if, if you don't mind me asking, how old was your son when he passed away? He was 24. 24, okay. Yeah. yeah. And we call, it, we call it Steve's dream because it was his dream to ha- have a family, have a son, and take him to Wrigley. Mm. Unfortunately, that never happened. Well, it's, bringing all these families out there, he's, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's remarkable what you, you've done. And you know what? I mean, it's probably, I mean, I know Club 400 is probably the proudest thing in my life. Was You know, because if you can change, like you said, if you can make a difference in anybody's life. And, you know, like, look at all the differences, Mike, all the lives, you, you know, you're affecting. And um, under uh, Steve, Steve's name, I just commend you. And uh, always looking forward to working with you. And I'm definitely looking forward to seeing you this Sunday. So uh, this wet Thursday, I'll be there Thursday and Friday and Sunday. And uh, we'll get to meet Kim Shuck and her awesome family. So thanks for coming on tonight. I appreciate you. Uh, you're very welcome. And uh, keep doing the good work, Stu. Thanks, Mike. Making a difference, too. Yep. You're awesome, thanks, man. Please. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Streets of blue.